Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Band of Robbers is a modern-day retelling of Mark Twain's iconic books, a comedic adventure that reimagines the characters as grown men and small-time crooks. When Huck Finn is released from prison, he hopes to leave his criminal life behind him, but his longtime friend and corrupt cop Tom Sawyer has other plans. And we'll leave that synopsis right there because we have with us today the director of the film Band of Robbers, and that would be Aaron Nee. Aaron, welcome to Film School. Thank you so much, Really glad to be here. Yeah, thank you. Well, um, you and your brother uh, are collaborated on this film, um, and that would be Adam. Uh, tell me a little bit about your idea. I mean, it's such a unique, interesting idea to reimagine uh, Mark Twain's classic characters in a modern setting. Tell me about the sort of the genesis and the progression of of this idea to turn this into a film. Well, sure. It um, it uh, it started maybe from uh, it wasn't it didn't start out with a you know a flash of lightning or any great inspiration. It actually it started with a uh, a really awful um, uh, audition uh, that Adam went into. Uh, he was uh, 21. He had just moved to New York and. Uh, he he got uh, called in for this uh, part of Huckleberry Finn in, in an adaptation that was was really very true to the book, which which means that Huck Finn's thirteen years old. So you've got this six foot three, twenty one year old coming in auditioning to to play uh, a thirteen year old, and uh, needless to say, it was it got off to a, a really bad start. Mm. Um, uh, he he left the audition though. Um, Embarrassed because it was it was a disaster of an audition. But on his way home, he started thinking, uh, "What if you know? What if these characters were grown ups and were still saying the same thing? Still had these kind of crazy, uh, naive ideas?" And uh, that was really that was the spark that got us talking about it. And that was about ten years ago or so. And we did uh, other things uh, after that. We we made our first feature film, uh, The Last Romantic, and uh, worked on developing some TV stuff and things like that. Uh, until finally, the idea sort of resurfaced, and and we decided to to craft it into what it's become now. Well, so during that progression, I mean, as you said, over many years, um, did you find? people react the way I just uh, describe it as sort of this really clever idea was there a, what was it that kept you from making the film was it financing was it getting the right people involved how did it become well, the the film it, yeah it uh, one of the things was that it was just a really ambitious idea and we knew that it was kind of a, a crazy thing to try and do uh, you you've got not, you're not only adapting one iconic book. You're adapting two iconic books uh, together. And those books are chock full of precious material, of, of wonderful vignettes and characters and things like that, that uh, it would be really, really uh, quite an undertaking to try to pull all those together in a, you know, a roughly 90-minute film. Uh, actually, what we started pursuing before uh, writing it as a, as a feature was exploring doing it as a TV show. Mm -hmm. Oh, um, interesting. And, 
that they uh, Adam had actually written uh, a TV pilot, uh, one hour pilot, uh, based off the idea. But we ultimately went the the, the feature route um, for for various reasons, but one of them being that it it um, with uh, with with television we had been involved in TV development before and knew like you've got an idea that you love and you sell it and it's not yours anymore and it might never go to air um, and you may spend a long time developing it and it never go to air mm. and this was this was something that we wanted to, we wanted to make it we wanted it to see the light of day and when we began uh, asking the question okay well what will the feature look like and hashing it out we found that it really fit it fit wonderfully um uh, it, it, it just felt great as 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 a film, and uh, so we we went for it. Well, my, I want to remind our listeners we're speaking with Aaron Nee, and he am I seeing Nee? Is it it is Nee, or am I? It is Nee. Yes, Very good. Because every once in a while I'll say something and realize. Okay, good. Well, so it, yeah, my phone my phone calls it Nee. That's um, that's but. exactly what I thought might be the alternative. And before I went any further, I wanted to clear that up. But so it's Aaron Nee, along with his it is me. okay, along with his brother Adam Nee, have written and directed this band of robbers. Uh, Aaron will be in town today, uh, tonight, and tomorrow, I believe, at the Pasadena Playhouse uh, in uh, in Pasadena. Strangely enough, uh, to do yeah. some Q and A's. Uh, on the film, uh, I don't know if it's it's a seven, seven and something, uh, seven ten, yeah, seven, seven ten. ten. Um, uh, tomorrow night it'll be both the seven ten and the nine fifty five showings, uh, and and that and tomorrow night is going to be uh, in addition to the Q and A, we're gonna it's a themed dress up uh, uh, occasion, and so we're inviting people to come dressed as their favorite uh, characters from. Mark Twain's uh, Mark Twain's books. Awesome! Um, what a great idea. And there will be, yeah, there will be there will be prizes and things like that. It's going to be quite an event. Oh yeah, that'll be great. So that's tomorrow night, Saturday night. That would be January sixteenth. Uh, yes. To check that out, Pasadena Playhouse for two shows for the seven ten and the nine. Did you say nine thirty? I think nine fifty five. Nine fifty five. Okay. Well, they'll just get there early and eat more popcorn. So there you go. Um, yeah. Now the casting is really good. Uh, the film is there's a lot of cleverness in the writing and the and the sort of progression of these different storylines and the, but the and the characters themselves are interesting and funny uh, but it, this is a good cast and a lot of people I have not seen um, a lot of before this but they come from very good sort of stock if you will um, mm-hmm. Kyle uh, Gallner comes from American Sniper Dear White People your brother, who's absolutely spectacular in this film, we we would know him from. I guess he's been on Drunk History, Criminal. Yeah. You know, they've got a number of people that, again, just uh, really good characters, uh, and they they really um, live these, uh, embody these people very effectively. Now, how did you bring this cast together? Well, it was uh, it, with with Matthew Gray Goobler. Uh, he's uh, a friend of ours, so we we knew right away we wanted him to be a part of it. We had uh, gotten to work with him on you know, some other things that we did, and just fell in love with him. Uh, he, he's just—he's not only such a great talent; he's just a, a great guy. Um, 
so you know from the get-go uh, we knew matthew was was on board and he was excited to be a part of it too um the next person that we reached out to was hannibal burris and we we had a, a loose connection to him, but but nothing like you know the the relationship we had with Matthew. So we had to uh, kind of reach out cold, and this was before the the, the movie had been financed or anything. And uh, we met with him, and it was it was uh, it was an odd meeting in that we said very little to each other. Most of it was sitting at this diner watching a Chicago Bulls game, and afterward we were kind of thinking, I, you know, I don't think he's going to do this. I, I don't think uh, that that went over so well. And then right away we got a call from his management saying, he really wants to do it. Oh, that's so that's great. so Hannibal, was, Hannibal was the next in. Um, we, uh, we also had the good fortune of getting a terrific casting director, this guy John McElary, who, who really brought... Um, uh, a great group of uh, of people um, to come in and, and audition for it, and that's how we found Kyle. He came in, and Melissa Benoist um, uh, came in, and then uh, for Stephen Lang coming on board, uh, he uh, he actually came in at the at the very last minute and kind of saved the day because we had cast somebody else for his role of Engine Joe, yeah. and the person. Uh, dropped out like after we had begun shooting we hadn't shot his stuff yet but we were already in the midst of making a movie and uh and so uh his son noah lang who was a producer on the project said hey you know you want me to give my dad a call and just see if he'd be interested like yes please (laughs) that would be awesome um so we you know that was a real surprise um and uh and he came in and was just terrific i mean as you can see in the movie he just completely transforms himself he he's appropriately menacing and foreboding and all kinds of things he he does a terrific job and in many ways a nice counterbalance he his character as we know from the book but it his character uh is a balance between the kind of i'll say kinetic energy that's coming off your brother's character of Mm -hmm. tom sawyer Mm -hmm. And uh, and really brings a, a, a certain dramatic balance to the film that I I, I really liked, um, and I do want to point out again, your brother <laughs> is really good. Adam Nee is excellent at, as Tom Sawyer, and yeah. I, I, he really does. He it. really, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. He um he I, I I think he's you know he's perfect for the part. I can't I can't imagine anybody else. Uh, filling that role, but he actually was not. Uh, our, we initially did not go into this planning on him playing Tom Sawyer. We auditioned a bunch of people. Okay, well, uh, th- and, and speaking of that, Huck Finn's character, played by Kyle Gallner, is is terrific as well. Again, even there with the, within this relationship, that Huck, Huck Finn, Tom Sawyer, there's a nice balance. Obviously, Huck's mm-hmm. a much more grounded. Uh, Tom is sort of the the dreamer, the guy he pushes, kept pushing, pushing, pushing to do this crazy stuff, and um, it's just really a, a good a feel for it. And I'm, I'm watching the film, I was struck, it sort of reminds, I don't want it for our audience to sort of get an idea that with the film and the way it unfolded for me anyway, it reminds me, it's been compared to Bottle Rocket, um, I know, in some reviews. I saw a lot of Raising Arizona in this, um, as, as, even, as, I don't mean, you know, just sort of the... Adam's look it reminded me of a little bit of Nick Cage from from Raising Arizona but and it's sort of that again that energy he really has a tremendous comedic sort of the timing as well he's very good in terms of uh, the early scenes where he's trying to explain to his partner 
what's going on. I thought he just did a nice job of of selling it as far as the the story he was telling to her and just some good stuff I, all the way around. A real, again, I I'm running underscore for the, for our audience. The cast is across the board very very good. Um, and again, not a lot of people that you've seen in a lot of different films. Relatively new, I think, for for most of our audience uh, in that regard. Um, so, what, what was? It, let me go back and ask you because I'm t- making references to other films. Is there? Do you? Did you feel like it? There are there influences in your filmmaking, um, you and your brother's filmmaking, that you look upon as sort of a touchstone for for what you're trying to achieve. It's interesting because uh, I think that Raising Arizona is a good, is a good comparison. It's actually not one of the movies that we were talking about um, as we were uh, selling the project and, uh, and 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 trying to explain our vision to the team. Um, which is is funny because now looking back, it's like well, yeah, that probably would have been a good one to uh, to point to. And a movie that we talked about a lot was Boogie Nights mm-hmm. um, because Boogie Nights is a film that pulls off having really colorful and, and absurd characters who just say dumb, stupid things. Um, uh, but at the same time, the movie manages to have real tension and danger and uh, more serious undertones. And it doesn't feel like you're jumping into another movie all of a sudden and jumping back to another kind of movie. It feels like one movie all the way through. And mm-hmm. that's what we wanted to uh, accomplish with with Band of Robbers is have it be a movie where you could have really uh, lively, colorful uh, characters who say and do stupid things, and yet they're real enough people, and this is a real enough world that uh, it it matters when things get serious, and it doesn't feel like the movie jumped the track suddenly. Right. Well, and I'll just quickly, sort of the touchstone of the Raising Arizona thing is is that Again, in this film, it's very similar in that most of the characters in the film are not the brightest of people, mm-hmm. but they mm-hmm. have a certain enthusiasm about it that it, that makes it funny. And then you have characters, uh, the uh, um, the the oh my god, I can't remember the character's name, the the his, uh, Latin, the Hispanic guy that. Oh, Jorge. Jorge. Jorge, thank you. I'm sorry, yeah. Jorge. There, you've got enough characters that are in the film that balance that are they're sort of a, what I call transition characters. He's serious. Mm-hmm. He's got a real story. He's got a family. There are things going on with him, and balancing off of this sort of hyperkinetic kind of activity that Tom Sawyer's uh, involved in. So I like th- that's what I think for me watching this. Your your characters, uh, there's enough. What I call again transitional characters to go back and forth between the comedy and the drama to allow the audience to believe this to be along for the ride. And yeah, it, like Jorge, I'm, I'm glad you brought his character up because I think he's a, a really, really important character um, in uh, serving the the, the more uh, thoughtful, uh, deeper undercurrents of the of the film, in that he is. You've got you've got these uh, these adults like Tom and Huck and, and the rest of the, the band who uh, are in this state of arrested development. They're not successively becoming adults, becoming men, right. um, and yet they have this kind of vision of wanting to be that. Uh, and Huck, in particular, you can see he's really sort of caught in a rock and a hard place. He he knows he needs to transition into uh, maturity and adulthood, and doesn't know how to. And uh, Jorge is a this guy who 
you know, becomes the, the victim of their, their foolishness, uh, he is that picture of what it is to be an adult uh, yeah. and yeah. what it is to be uh, a man. Yeah, exactly. And it, and again, yeah, just uh, that, that part of it. And by the way, just this is completely kind of off the what we're talking about. But I appreciated you having the woman, uh, you know, there's very memorable performances we see in films with character actors that we may never see again. But you got the judge from uh, from Little Miss Sunshine, the uh, the woman from uh, at the beauty contest. She's the one. Mm-hmm. She's the woman who's in char- who runs the home that uh, Huck Finn ends up in. And what, what is it? Uh, Grant's her last name. What's her? Um, Beth Grant. Beth, Beth Grant. Yeah. Beth Grant. Do you, I when I saw her, I thought I know her, and then I realized I'd seen obviously from uh, uh, Little Miss Sunshine, which I thought a small but memorable role that she she pulled off in that film and she does in this as well not it's more of a serious role she's not really there yeah. to, as a comedic foil as she was in in little miss sunshine but very effective and uh, a face that i for me recognized immediately and thought again going back to your cast it, the casting was uh, uh, i think a real strong point in the film and um terrific re- yeah yeah so what what is uh, are now you and your brother going to continue to to work together was this a uh, kind of is this the way that you like to work uh, in tandem with him on on projects or um yeah, I, I imagine that we'll be uh, continuing to do projects together um, for the long term. We we have, you know, like we're already developing uh, other stuff uh, right now um, as as we're in the midst of rolling out Band of Robbers. Fantastic. I want to remind our list, uh, listeners once again, we're speaking with Aaron Nee, and he is, along with his brother Adam Nee, uh, writers and co-directors of the film uh, Band of Robbers, and um, will be at the... Pasadena Playhouse. Uh, this is the one on Colorado in Pasadena. You'll be there tonight for the 710 screening, as well as tomorrow night on Saturday for the 710 and the 955 screening. And you'll be there uh, for the for a uh, costume party for people, encouraging people to come dressed as their favorite um, Mark Twain character or just Huck Finn, Tom Sawyer. Does do you care? <laughs> I, you know, it's fine with me if it's just Mark Twain characters. Um, I, you know, we were thinking uh, from the, the Tom and Huck books, but uh, I really think, you know, if you want to come as Mark Twain himself, it'd be fine. But yeah, that'll be tomorrow night's two screenings, so it's going to be a lot of fun. And also, the film opens, and I know you want, I know you want the the box office on this. So I'm encouraging people go to your movie theater, go get out and see it. And this this is what the suits care about. You need to get out. It's always a great experience to get out, especially when you go to a screening like this where you're going to see uh, the director opportunity to for a question and answer with, with him. And it's a great theater. Uh, but also it opens uh, on as a VOD, a video on demand as well. So for people who are interested in seeing um, the film Band of Robbers on VOD, they can do that as well. Right, you're not going to be too upset if they watch it on VOD, are you? Uh, you know, I want people to get to see it. It, it is a, it's a great movie to see in theaters. Uh, yeah. Doing the festival run was a lot of fun because we got to sit in the theaters and watch the movie with the crowd. And it is, it, it's the kind of movie where every night it was very vocal crowd, so it was a lot of fun to watch it with a group of people. Uh, uh, but if you can't get to the theater, and it is only in select theaters, then it's easily accessible. 
um, online through things like iTunes and Amazon and Voodoo and things like that, but also uh, TV on demand. And you're you're there at the at the uh, Pasadena Playhouse with the cinematographer. Is he with you tonight? That's correct. Yeah, uh, the DP No Rosenthal will be yeah. there too. Yeah. By the way, again, another testament to your um, this film and your filmmaking is it, it's it's a very fast-paced film at times and then it does kind of it it transitions into a more of a deliberate pace back and forth it's the editing is uh, excellent on the film again keeping the film moving along with this but at the same time allowing us to to really sink into the film um and the characters so um congratulations uh aaron on on, on the work yeah it, well i appreciate it thank you yeah so again band of robbers uh written and directed by aaron and Adam Nee uh, at the Pasadena Playhouse tonight, uh, and and uh, you know VOD if if you can't get out, but I want you to go to the Pasadena Playhouse. Also, you your brother and some of the cast are back in New York for people who might be listening to us via the interwebs. Uh, back, yeah, yeah. So the, the movie, yeah, the movie's playing at the AMC Empire Twenty Five there in in uh, New York, and there's also going to be a special midnight screening at the Nighthawk that they'll be making an appearance for. Okay, and they can go to bandofrobbers.com and you can go to that and find out all the screenings and all the sort of the cast stuff and and uh, all the best to you uh, and your brother and your band of robbers uh, for this and, and whatever uh, projects you're working on in the future, Aaron. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right, take care. Bye. You too. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.